I'm Dr. Sharon Duke. And I'm Melvin Duke. We're HBC graduates, proud educators, and most importantly, husband, husband and wife. wife. And you're listening to After School Talk Podcast. And hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of After School Talk. This is Mr. Duke and Dr. Dukes. Yes, it is. And today we have a special, special, special guest on the show with us yes (laughs) we have a special guest that can officially um say that he is our pastor and we are no longer his bootleg (laughs) he is no no longer bootleg bootleg. y'all was bootlegging y'all was bootlegging (laughs) y'all was bootlegging i love it i love it but uh we are here to talk to reverend goodman he is the pastor of tabernacle baptist church in augusta georgia aug we are here in the south and he is currently preaching how many sermons on a Sunday? Five times. Five times. Five yeah. times. Five we roll. Five times. We roll. They only come to one of them, but I do five. <laughs> hey, he going to call people out. Don't do it. Don't do it. I love it. glad that 12 15 got rolled. Listen. Listen. You there around that time. Look. Um, so for us, it's, it's really important. I've I never had the opportunity to say this to you, so I'm going to tell you a little story mm-hmm. about how you became really influential for us as educators. Wow. So in 2012, we were both working at the same high school. Together. Okay. And I think around January, uh, maybe around January, I had a student who got arrested. Mm-hmm. They found he had a, a crack cocaine oh, on wow. him in the building, right? Wow. So February 2012, Trayvon Martin died. That's right, yeah. And you preached your sermon with your hoodie on yeah. that service. And so everything you were talking about about black men and black boys, mm. it just triggered us. Like, wow. okay, we got we we keep seeing instances of something happening mm. to them, but what do we really right. do as educators? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So we started our mentoring program. Awesome. The next, like the week after you did wow. it, we were moving fast. Yes, we were like, okay, we got to get this done. So since we had the mentoring program for just boys for about a year, and then the next year we ended up adding girls to the mix. So okay, cool. I did one at Laney. You know, when I first got here, I had a I had a mental program when Hawthorne Welcher was there. I wish I could go back. I enjoyed those moments. And man, that's my first years here. We did something called brotherhood. And I told them that I wanted them to give me the ones um, that were on the extreme marches. So it only lasted four years. I wish it could have went longer, man. When you got to deal with the bureaucracy of administration, it got a little difficult, but man, I started out with 21. It was a mixture of about, 15 boys, six girls, and I ended with maybe five guys. One of them got put away for murder. None of the females kind of lasted, so they kind of branched out, which is kind of difficult. Uh, And Some of them I still uh, keep in touch with, and um, some kind of after they graduated, went to school, kind of got lost in the mix. Some had to become um, breadwinners for their family, and so... It was tough, man, because my heart is, is I mean, I love children, I love people, but man, being a black male and knowing how I was raised and coming from an all-black environment from Greensboro, North Carolina, I know that what it took is it takes support, and there and it also takes encouragement, and that's why for all of our kids, even at our church, I think speaking positivity to them, letting them know you are valuable, hugging our young men, which is powerful, you know, they need to feel love. And so that was real huge. So that's awesome, man. That's that's pretty deep. And uh, knowing our next generation is, they need all the help that we can get, especially within our school system. So. Right. But we thank you for that. We thank Absolutely. you for being uh, innovative 
perspective and in one I, bringing the Trayvon Martin situation mm-hmm. into the church mm-hmm. I think it could have been easy to just choose mm-hmm. a sermon and roll with it and act mm-hmm. like that did not happen because yeah. it wasn't in Augusta it wasn't mm-hmm. in Georgia it wasn't one of our students mm-hmm. but to say I think that everybody was feeling the impact yeah. therefore let, let me say something about yeah. it and see yeah. if this can make a change yeah. with Definitely know that it did for us. Oh, wow. It did for the guys that we have. Because even that next year, uh, a student that was in the mentoring program ended up having to live with us. Oh, wow. So we recently had him on the podcast. So oh, that's cool. It was things he, even he told us we didn't know about oh, wow. before he came into our house. But at that time, it's the instinct. Like, we just got to save him. Like, yeah. That's what we yeah. got to do. So we yeah. really appreciate you. Oh, wow, man. Bless you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. So, okay. We are going to get into uh, your article you okay. had in the source. Uh-huh. But before we get into it, I say, listen, I want the listeners to know this. I know um, some people will probably go, okay, they're talking to a preacher. Right. Mm-hmm. But what he know? What he, yeah, what he know? <laughs> source magazine. Right. Yeah. Hip-hop. Like, really? Yeah. So, I'm still replaying that Biggie lyric in my head. <laughs> Mom smiles every time she sees my face <laughs> in the song. <laughs> so you know when that happened, I was like, yo, I made it. I'm okay, in the song. I'm good. We used to rap, man. Honestly, I think hip hop is always in our culture, man. I never get growing up being at the cafeteria at the table, everybody rhyming. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah, yeah. doing to having your notebook of rhymes. It didn't make sense, man, but man, that's hip hop is such a part of our culture and our lives. No matter where you are, it was a unifier. You know, especially within black culture, man. It is it is, you know, it's the soundtrack of our lives. Like I can pinpoint various parts of my life based on a song. Some song, you know what I'm saying? Sugar Hill Gang, which is early as a kid and knowing what that is. And then Nas's whole piece when he came out with his first album, Jay-Z. I'm a diehard Biggie fan. Like, Biggie's the greatest in my mind, right? (laughs) And getting my first car and the first song I'm pumping in my car is One More Chance. You know what I'm saying? So that is, that's so pivotal. So, and then having Tupac, who brought, honestly, this whole kind of lens where he really showed us duplicitous nature of hip-hop from Brenda got a baby to uh, I get around I mean how he was able to just go through the full span of our lives and then seeing how it morphed man was just you know hip-hop's just huge for me matter of fact I listen to hip-hop even when I'm preparing sermons so I mean it's I'm all I'm all over the yeah, place. You throw, yeah, you can throw a couple in there. Yeah, absolutely. I know it may be going over and, some people's heads. Some, yeah, some people don't. Yeah, Now, since you mentioned Biggie and Tupac, would you say they are in, are they in your top? Oh, Biggie's number one for me. So Biggie's number one. So Period. who would be two and three? Jay Z two. Um, from cultural relevance, I put Tupac in there. Okay. Even though, if you were to make me round out. Four and five, man, it's gonna sound controversial, man. But who I just caught with? Red Man. Red Man. I'm a diehard Red Man guy. Wow. I have all of his albums from the bricks. I Red love them. Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love Red Man. I just connected with him. He was a guy that I just really even to this day, if I'm on it and I wanna get going, Red Man. <laughs> Red man. That's my dude. Wow. Uh, I, I love Red yeah. 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 Red man. Red man. I absolutely love Red man and Method Man. I can go. Uh, I mean, honestly, Talib Kweli is a guy. But most people, I just was listening to today and working on the gym. Most deaf. His collab with Black Star was, you know, that was crazy. A guy who most people don't know, but he grew up with me. He actually went to school with me. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of little brother Fonte. Fonte, yeah, go ahead and Google him. He's my dude. So little brother with Knife Wonder, 
And um, so we grew up literally in the same neighborhood. And so uh, he went to Grimsley. I went to Dudley. And his we had um, so that he was just a guy that I just even to this day I listen to. Uh, and then he started moving into like singing with Foreign Exchange. Now they just came back. So it's cool. Little brother just released. And so, man, I could just go. Yeah. Yeah. But most people didn't think about Red. Red was my dude. Yeah. Red is my guy. I would have never thought. There's a dark side to Red album. If you ever see it, it's like a, it's a cover that I can. I can just. That's my favorite. I can see it. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if people know this dude named Kwame. Polka dot. Yeah. And um, um, who's the other guy? Y'all going to have me thinking back <laughs> on so many different people, <laughs> man. Have yeah, you heard man. about the guy, uh, Toby Newway? Oh, wow. No, I never oh, have. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I need to check now, him out. I, I give all props to those <laughs> dudes who put me on. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you how good he was. This summer, when my Upper Bound students, I would just play his music wow. before we get class started. Okay. The kids were like. There's some, there's some, there's some artists out there, man. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Even female. I mean, you know, it's crazy. Most people sleep, but little Kim in her day, yes. when she yeah. came out, really kind of was was on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rod Digger. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, Mia X with the old school. I mean, you yes. know, so. Who is now a professor. Yeah, that's crazy. This yeah. girl that went all the way full. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I know all of it. Brad. Brad, mm-hmm. the Brad, yeah. Brad so what's your favorite rap album? Like, if you're going to say, this is my album from top to bottom. I know the song. Ready to Die, Biggie. Anything Biggie put out, like Life After Death. Jay-Z was just on it. I mean, everyone's first album for me was always hard. Like, Nas's Illmatic will always stand the test of time. Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. Um, uh, Blueprint. I mean, he just had some bangers. Blueprint was out there. Um, Most people sleep, man. It's hard. Eminem was hard. I give you that too. Fifty cent. I, I, I mean, I can just keep going. Man, it's just. Yeah, yeah. They really kind of spoke. A guy on Twitter posted this uh, this week where he imitated Busta Rhymes' video. Listen. And I realized like Busta Rhymes had a particular style, video and flow that is just. Throw your hands in the air. When I was in college, that was the song. Throw your hands in the air. Come on. (laughs) I mean, he was crazy. Uh, Here's another person that most people slept on, man, who, when I was in college, got me through DMX. Wow. Yes, sir. He was dropping an album like, yeah. yeah, And then even, man, most people, but I mean, even, and then here it is, and y'all got me thinking even more about it. The South. So coming from the South, being influenced by Outkast, Goody Mob. I mean, at the end of the day, Aquim and I will always go down. Um, that oh, was it. Yeah, Aquim and I. It was yeah. Outcast, man. This is way before Andre became Andre 3000. Right. It was like Andre. Yes. Give me a big boy. Goody Mob, Black Ice. Um, and then for us, period, man, we was we was crunk with Master P. No Limit Soldier no will probably go down yep. as one of the greatest club songs. <laughs> if they play No Limit Soldier, somebody <laughs> fighting. <laughs> somebody <laughs> fighting. Uh, I mean, it was just, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, ooh, not, and it's gonna, and I'm glad y'all reminded me. He, will, he may not make my five, but he's going to be right there at six. Mystical. Oh, yeah, okay. I love Mystical. And he's unique. Yeah. He's just like that. Cannot imitate mystical. Mystical's my guy. So we can talk about hip hop all day long. (laughs) Even to this day, man, I still. Yeah. Okay, so I think we got we got a logistics. He he's proving oh, yeah, himself yeah, in my head. Yeah, he in there. He, he know, in there. You know what he's talking about. 
So you ended up writing yeah. an article for the source. Yeah. And it was after the death of Juice World. Yeah, which was unexpected. It was really kind of crazy. So um, how did it even come about? Like, how did well, I was doing a leadership, a church leadership training in Miami, Florida in December. And one of the participants was an exec and a writer for the source. And afterwards, she rolled up to me like, yo, I've never heard of you, but you deep, you young. I want you to do something for me. I said, man, I'd be honored. Anytime, let me know. And who would know that next week his death happens. And she hit me up like, yo, Pastor, can you give something from the perspective of the church because a lot of people um, this is not just affecting the world but people in the church who fell in love with his music or just not even people not even affected by his music just by his life and now seeing what that is and can you say something about how we should approach it so I kind of said yeah and just kind of went into it and it's crazy that I never thought it would go and who would think that as soon as I uploaded she put it on the thing and man my phone started blowing up. Right. Hey man wow you did something for the source because for me as a kid you know we ain't had an internet back then right. so it was a source. If you got in the source in any way that was relevance and that was kind of powerful and to be an ambassador for the church. And still try to bridge both of those was really kind of cool to be a churchman and then also be a hip hop head and talk about what this looks like, you know. So I thought that was that was kind of unique and cool and just kind of share my heart on on how, man, our culture is really kind of interesting. Because even I made this statement in the in the article I wrote is that nowadays, back in the day when I was growing up, we glorified the drug seller, right? Now we glorify the drug I users. Need to stay out of my notes. Yeah, right. yeah, it's crazy. That was yes, literally. I we both said we want him to talk about that yeah. part because and initially when we were talking about it, it was. Uh, I, I think I remember you saying you had one idea of what right. it meant, but then I said I was like, "Dude, could you think about it? When we when we listen to trap music or anything that was going on was that hustle? That it was a hustle. Yeah, say, like I'm out here trying to make I'm money hustle. for my kids. Yeah. Like, even Biggie said, yeah. I'm out here trying to make money for my daughter. Yeah, like that's why I'm." And I'm selling doing drugs, it. but then it just flipped. It flipped. Oh, so I smoke, I pop pills, I do. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's interesting. It, it made a shift. Mm-hmm. It made a major shift. Do you and think so, that has an influence on um, the, absolutely the generation that's consuming? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Because I mean, I mean, we, I mean, back in the day, it was smoking weed. That was about the that's extent, it. right? Deep like that was it. I mean, but man. Biggie said in the Ten Crack Commandments, right, <laughs> which was like the hustler playbook, right? right? He gave the Ten Crack Commandments, uh, like you don't, you say you you never get consignment, don't don't smoke. Well, you know, what I mean, he was telling about how the hustler is supposed right. to be Jay Z being a hustler. Now, man, these cats ain't talking about making money. They talk about man, I got high, I tried this, I'm tripping. Even Juice World's whose song Lucid Dreams is really about like this. He's in this spazzed out space, right? right and right. so it's just interesting because that became the show. Nobody wanted to hustle no more. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to use. I'm trying to be tore out my head. And I think it was just interesting. It, it just kind of shifted. So I thought that was kind of intriguing to me. And I never realized even in um, <clears throat> classic hood movie Friday. Yeah. Like you don't get high. Yeah. Supply. You don't get high. Like, think <laughs> about even paid in full. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so everything classically for us, 90s. Early 2000s, it was a hustler. We glorified a hustler. It was, that's what we do. That's not it anymore. It's interesting. Um, So this culture kind of wrestles. Yeah. I think that's what happens. Yeah. It is funny because I I even had a conversation with my uh, 
morning, um, just talking about why do you like to get high? Like first yeah. thing in the morning, because yeah. Luther came in was like, yeah, I was skipping class first day here because mm. I wanted to get high. But it's like, why is yeah. that so important to you? You know, why we kind of talked about this offline. I just think this new generation is really wrestling with PTSD. With they're so consumed with information. Um, where man, you know, back in the day, we knew stuff was happening, but we didn't know it on this global scale. Right. Really? Um, when there was a tragedy, most tragedies were local. Every day I turn on my phone, there's some tragedy I can hear about that affects me, even if I'm not, even if it's not local. Like everything is global now, which is this whole global local phenomenon. I read this book in 2000 and entitled called "The World Is Flat" or "The Earth Is Flat." We made the he said that pretty soon information is going to be so streamlined. And that's it, man. They hear everything real time. Back in the day, man, we heard about stuff within our the circumference of our city, but it was never something happened in Augusta and I'm from Greensboro. I wouldn't have known about it. So I wasn't so consumed with it. And I do think that's the challenge is there's so much information that, man, it's depressing. Like part of my fast when I fast is to get off the internet because man it's depressing yeah. oh, yeah. something happens every freaking day and i'm like i cannot take this like right. let me right. sit at home and just so i think a lot of that is just man this this culture of trauma and it's this culture of pain that is just there and and unfortunately our culture also is about canceling one another we don't highlight good stuff we highlight bad stuff Culture. Yeah, I, and it, it makes me reflect on um, we had a student to be shot and killed one mm. year who was a uh, very prominent, popular student. Wow. Very popular student. I even had him host a pep rally that year. And so, was the challenge in education is that that day after he was killed, of course, they sent counselors from all the schools because people are crying and grieving. But the day after that. We're back regular program. Regular program. And people don't realize yeah. for a teenager, I yeah. still need time. And yeah. we're not yeah. as an adult, yeah. I still need time. Yeah. I need to process yeah. it. It's like what happened? And then when you see a student who is then turning to substance abuse, yeah. you know, it doesn't click. Yeah. Well, how many times has somebody been shot yeah. or killed in his neighborhood right. or family members yeah. or yeah, 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 right. And it's almost like even now, and this is the challenge that we're having to face, is that culture is now inflicting wounds, but we're not telling people how to heal. And so you got to think through no one spending the time in the process of how to manage. Like even recently, the death of Kobe Bryant, who was my absolute favorite athlete. I grew up with him. That's my favorite player of all times. And, man, I was struck. Like when this thing happened, I'm boohooing and crying. Like like this was a brother that grew up in my house. I was like, this is crazy. Um, and it really made, I was thinking with my staff, I was like, you know, I wish that I could have navigated that a little better because I do think most people didn't know what to do with their grief and like that with life. When you have someone like Juice World died or something else happens, man, we don't know how to cope because we don't know how to heal. And so the quickest thing I do is to numb it. So let me go to substance. Let me try sex and let me do pop a pill. Let me get some lean because that's. We don't know how to deal with life, and I think that's really a problem. Now, did you ever feel by writing this article, which, okay, let's let's go back to 
um, our days of being in the church, you know, at one point, you almost felt ashamed to say you listen to rap music. Mm. That's not what you do. Mm-hmm. I remember being in Best Buy with my mother, who told me I could get a CD, and I'm looking at different CDs. I pick up Tupac. My mom yells at me. I know yeah, you're making a Tupac. You better stop talking about my mom. I know she ain't said that. generation pastor okay, so okay. hip-hop such a part of my life so I see no demarcation between both I don't see a demarcation between my faith and my and and my love for the culture of hip-hop so it was never I wear them both the same right because I view Jesus if he was in this day would be an MC I mean that he would be in that culture right, right. spitting lyrics spitting right. truth because yeah. at the end of the day that's what we see they're only speaking what they see. I mean, if you really think about it, honestly, and I just take a different approach, especially when I try to think through scripture and my own kind of ideas. I mean, that's what they're doing. That's what Jesus was doing. The Beatitudes is his lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a song. It's, you know, when he's sharing his parables, he's telling, that's what these modern day guys are doing anyway. They're sharing the parables from their lives and what they're trying to, you know, see it's true. So I didn't see it any different for me. And I did grow up in a very strict Pentecostal home and you couldn't play certain things, man, but you so can't escape Charlie, it. Charlie, yeah, Charlie it, it was, it was part of the culture. So I'm, I'm, you know, I grew up with that. So I didn't see any difference. So to approach it, I think the church needs to address it. One of the things that I think that the church has done, especially black church in particular, is that some of the most significant movements have been birthed outside of the church from hip hop, black lives matter, right? But they're very they're still part of our culture and our demographics. So I feel my aim as a young black progressive pastor, church leader, thought leader is how do we marry it? Because that's the reality. Yeah, we gotta merge it. Well, do you yeah. do you see what that looks like? Like what would emerge? I think it's always it's always evolving. You know, it's funny. Our parents talked all that stuff, man, but they had, like, when Thomas Dorsey changed the stuff, and they were listening to some of the old school people, man, Aretha and all them. Some of the greatest artists the world has ever had came from the church. The influence is in the church, right? So, why not bring that back, you know? So, you know, they just said that, man. I hear what they, I know what they were trying to say, but but whatever, man. I just thought about something. Um, I'm a big fan of Drink Champs podcast. Yes, I listen to them. Yes, yes. His whole idea of um, giving appreciation to the legends while they're still while here. They're and I just thought about how Faith Evans was mm-hmm. on there, and she mentioned that she dated Redman. Wow. And the way her and Redman met was <clears> in the church because he played the drums and she sung in the choir. Really? Uh, yes. Like Redman <laughs> played drums. Yes, he played the drums. That's my the dude. And that's how they met. She was like, yeah, that was like my little boyfriend in high school. And Red man. Yes. Yes. And I said, Reggie like, no, Noble. Really was like, no, say that again. Like, you just breathed over it. But she was like, Reggie yeah. Noble. They dated. Nori was that dude. Man. Now, he's another one that's, that's that album. Yes. Yeah. What? Yes. What? 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 <laughs> that album? What? Man. Band from TV. That's how that story started out. <laughs> CNN. Oh, oh, man. Capone and Noriega. Yes. 
Listen, that's just wow. Okay, cool. I didn't know he played drums. Hey, oh yeah, you played drums. Yeah. I did, yeah. Man, come on with it. When he came up with them light skin, the Timbs, and, <laughs> oh, the Green Eye Bandit, Reggie Noble. Wow. Okay, cool. That just make it. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Yes. I thought you were about to say something. Oh, okay. Okay, so this this is what I thought about too. Did you see um when you were okay, when Kurt Franklin hit the whole stomp and yeah. revolution phase, were you still um were you in college that time or at, at the It's crazy. I think I was in high school. In high school, okay. So did you see the shift or the hey, this is kinda It was cool. I think I think yeah. he did an amazing job. So we were blessed blessed last year to have Kirk Franklin come here. Right, right. And to talk to him. And he's still pretty cool. The crazy thing is he still hits me up to this day. Um, man, he was just so revolutionary. I think just so he made it cool. Like right. maybe the older folk didn't like it, but we would dance the stomp yeah. in church, right? Yeah. The older folks were yeah. upset. Yeah, over one song. But yeah. then they, I mean, what you think Oh Happy Day was for them? Right. That right, was, right. man, they got kicked out of church singing Oh Happy Day. Thomas Dorsey, that was too upbeat. <laughs> um, but, man, I think, you know, he just – you saw he was just he was just a, he was a trendsetter. And yeah, I yeah. see. That. I always saw. And I don't only just having stomp, but think about it. Who he had on it? He had a rap you. portion. He had exactly. It was salt yeah. and pepper. Was it salt? It was salt. Exactly. That's what wow. I saw that I was intersection like, happen. Yeah. I'm like, did he get like I push it now, <laughs> now, 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 here we go. If we talking about it, that guy's property album was straight. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because my about favorite song of all time is on that. Is on that. He'll take the pain away. It's the oh, last song. Okay. It's like eight minutes long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I write that. I cry hearing that song. It's I cried that song, man. So it's yeah, it's just that was a great album. And I remember that being a chance for you mm-hmm. to be a Christian, a black kid mm-hmm. who's a Christian and was cool. Cool. Yeah. That was yeah. that's what they were. That's, that's exactly what it was. He it was. made it cool. He made it cool. For a young black kid, you know, teenager or whatever. To I guess be a praise of God, it give did. honor to God, it did. worship God. Because you can bump it in your car. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. At any place. You always want to play it in the club too. But yeah. It was it was Which cool at, at, at They did. I mean, they think do. about when Kanye West came out with Jesus Walks. Yes. Yep. That was a yep. real like I don't think we'll I don't think we have really thought through and his whole evolution, which is just interesting to me. Um, but that Jesus Walks was huge. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most impactful crossover moments. That I think would ever have because they're playing that in the club. Stomp was getting played in the club, yes, it was. but Jesus walks was getting played in the club, Absolutely. which I thought was really phenomenal. And you know, it's now with um, definitely on HBCU campuses, and I just I just saw this happen when they will transition from playing whatever song to melodies from heaven now. Yeah, and the entire party or the entire quad of the yard, yeah, praise break. Because it's in us, man. No matter what people want to say, I mean, this desire, this yearning. Especially in us culturally, for Black people, is there's always been this connection with God, right. and every generation has to reimagine, redefine what it looks like. But we we we're we're people built on faith, you know what I mean? So whether it's through our music, through all those things, I mean, when DMX would put his prayer on his albums, yes. you know, I mean, that was deep down. Like he would put his literal prayer on the album, mm-hmm. and you would not skip it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You would listen to the prayer, oh, Father, and I come. You know, like, so you like, and you be sitting there having like church, and he be praying. He he doing on this concert. He does praise Yeah, so that's part of us, man. I think you know that's we can't escape it. So I don't see any difference in him. 
black church, black religion, black hip hop. I don't see any difference in that. I wonder if there's ever opportunity or if the opportunity can be created <clears throat> too for I think giving our age group a voice to have those conversations in the church. Yeah. Well, I did some of this thing is maybe still online. This thing called Jude Three. And so I did a uh, they actually had me do a forum and it's probably on the internet if you can Google it, Jude Three. Two three project, and so we were talking about millennials, and we did a whole vast array of it, um, and we did cover kind of hip hop, the immersion of the next generation within the church, and what that looks like. This whole marriage between culture and Christ, which I think is is very needed and very relevant conversation. So, um, yeah, I just think, man, that's it's who we are because we're becoming the elders now. Yes. Don't say that out oh, loud. Oh, we're the elders. We're the elders. We're the elders. We are the kids. When I said outcast to, to students, and this was probably three or four years I ago. I know that is. They said, the guy that's saying, hey, y'all. Mm-hmm. And then they said, oh, you mean the guy from the ATL movie? The guy, like, that hurt my feelings. But to them, this we, no. oh, our music we, now. When we say outcast, we say an elevator. Yeah. We're saying players ball. Yep. We're saying Southern playlistic nah, Cadillac music. That's it. Like that's that. Hey, y'all. We don't. That's later on. <laughs> I went to the mall the other day. Heard a call from the other way. Said you know. So that I mean, that's the most one of the most iconic verses of hip hop of our day. You know, when he stood on the stage, man. Remember they were doing the Source Awards, and he said the South is here. Right. That was a major moment. That was huge. Right. He is now like. Quite, they're, they're moving on to something else. Yeah. But then I guess, too, for us, has been a challenge as educators. And I wonder if that's the same thing, too. Even being in the church is that we still have to be receptive to what the younger generation is listening to. That's what they're listening yeah. to. Oh, yeah. So you have to at least be there to say, okay, so what is it? What, what do you like about it? What is it? Well, and, and here's the truth. I mean, it's almost like what we went through. I mean, every generation rebels against the previous generation. So the hip-hop we fell in love with was a rebellion against the generation before us music. And this one is almost the same thing. It's just, and so every every generation gets their own soundtrack, you know. Um, and I've I'm, I'm tried to be to the point, because I wish I did know better. You know, when I got the word about Juice World, I had to go do some research. I'm like, let me just go see, because I was just more thrown back at his youthfulness. He was like 21. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's just what's... Was just crazy, but man, every generation does something else, and so who impacts them from who else died? You had um, not only the Juice World, but that came off the heels of your man, um, Triple X, yeah, Station, how he died, and and I was like, wow, I mean, we had death like Biggie died, right? Tupac died, that was like seminal moments, like whoa, but man, this one is is almost like it was felt, felt the same, like it was like, wow, for them. That was our beginning, right. our Tupac. Right. We had a <clears throat> co-worker saying that her, her son texted her from class when it happened. Like, and she's like, okay, I mean, what, yeah. they, what big Then she realized, okay, that was when Tupac died. Yep. That was mm-hmm. That's what he's feeling right now. So I'll she, never forget. Yeah, how do I get Tupac was my junior him? year. Biggie was my senior high school. I was, was in a parking lot at high school mm-hmm. when I heard Biggie died. Yeah. I'll never forget. 97. It's a, it's a heavy, that was a heavy hit. But, but you know what? Even even if we go, because it's still closely related to hip hop. We know R.B. when Aaliyah died. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Easy. yeah. It was yeah. the same kind oh, of when Aaliyah like, died. Woo! What? She had just created the album. She, she just shot this video with Rock the Boat, and then 
That shit was doing movies. Yeah, movies. Romeo Must Die. Yeah. Um, yeah. Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. That was her last one. Yep, that was her last one. Actually, she had died. Then they released it. Yes, yes. How she died was crazy, man. Right, right. No, left eye. Another one, yes. Have you ever watched a documentary? Yeah, that was one thing I regret is watching that documentary. I should have never watched it. It was very, and see, things like that. Like, think about, but think about that then. We are surprised now because we got social media now. Yeah. Right. We would have known more then. Mm-hmm. We just didn't. Yeah. Right. Now your life is played out on timelines. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but back yeah, then like, we didn't know. Yeah, like just think <clears> about um, when COVID passed yeah. and the family finding out yeah. social yeah. media yeah. along yeah. with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Listen. So I, I can, I, you know, in that situation right there, I definitely can't imagine, you know, yeah. something like that, but. It just goes to show you how fast things are moving. It's crazy. With social media, with the news, with just everything. Everyone's right. in a rat race to be the first. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Just like they put out that Rick Fox was on the plane. They line. did. It doesn't yep. matter. I just want to be the first to say I want to be the first to say So even when Biggie died, do you remember what your reaction was? Man, I was, was, I was devastated. I was at high school. I was in the parking lot. We just got out of class. How did you even find out? Like, I don't know. I had a little StarTac. I think uh-huh. that's when the little cell phone. I had a little SkyTel yeah. pager. Like, oh. Yeah, you know, you had to go to the thing and call in, you know. Yeah, man, that's what happened. Yeah. I think we found out. It was weird. You're right. Mm-hmm. It was like, man, we well, dead. Yeah. I'm like, and I remember being in the locker room at Motorola Middle School. We were in the locker room and somebody ran and I think they just came from computer class. Yeah. In some kind of way, they was on the internet yep. and it came up. Mm-hmm. And then they ran in the locker room like, hey, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. how you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you couldn't, you couldn't Google. Yep. Right. One no Google. Then I verify, so it's just like, a, okay, yep. whatever you said. That. But even to this. But then, I, then you got the info through your MTV raps. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Then you you got know, home and you saw. Yeah. Absolutely. See, those those were critical pieces. Somebody just posted. Um, when MTV used to have like a news alert come mm-hmm. on, like in, in our generation, that was like, oh, something happened. Something happened. Yes. yes. But now, like you said, we can just go online. As soon as COVID died, the first thing everybody in the house did was grab their phone. That's so, it. Because if we see it on Facebook, we see it on Twitter, okay, that was I thought people was joking. I was, I was and I thought it was a cruel yeah, joke. Because yeah, no, the night before, he just, LeBron just yeah. broke the record. Yeah, he sent him the tweet. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, Kobe out there. He's. Yeah. I was just more, just even as a man, to see his evolution. Yeah. That it almost felt like he was going to have his greater impact beyond basketball. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then exactly. even as a black man with his girls mm-hmm. and what that looked like, how he bounced back from a lot of adversity, his own growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, Doc, Kobe took Brandy to the prom. You know how big yes, Brandy right. was back exactly. in the day for us? Moesha? Yes, <laughs> Moesha. Yes. And that just lets you know how long he's been relevant, yeah. you know, in our in our yes. culture, in our world. Yeah. We yes. grow with him, whether you liked them, hated them, right. anything else. Yep. He was like the kid you knew. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. to be honest, I had that picture of him taking her to prom, and I did cut Brandy out of the picture. Did you? Because <laughs> you know, back in the day, too, you had Word Up magazine. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. would get your pictures out of Word Up, yeah. put them like Word said, Up magazine. Wow. <laughs> Jet Ebony. Yeah. Yeah, word up. That's right. 
Well, you know, I know you are busy. Um, you probably got 18 services today. Yeah. <laughs> Not another 20 tomorrow. You know, we had a conference this morning, man, and it was cool. Get ready oh, for yes, tomorrow. the XO. It went well. Yeah. It went well. It went well. It went well. You good. know, we might need marriage counseling, you know, because sometimes. How long y'all been together now? Oh, we just talked about this. Um, we, we've been together since 2003. Okay, wow. 2003. 2003. Yep. Yep. We, 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 and that's where y'all met at? High school. Right across the street. Yeah. Right next door, right yeah. here. Even, let me tell you, we were at church. 2003. Yeah, Give me this, this story. We were at, <laughs> at church. This is how the proposal happened. We were at church together with my friend. We leave So y'all church. went to the same church? No, we were right here in town. Yeah. Wow. We was back when we was bootlegging. Yeah. <laughs> we came to church. We were bootlegging. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, he said, well, I'm, we were supposed to go to a cookout because it was 4th of July. And he said, um, I'm going to go you know, get some gas or whatever, and I'll meet you at the house. Okay. I get all the way. So you was in high school? When, no, we were no, at. No, no. Well, we met in high school. Okay. And we started dating her senior year, my freshman year at Fort Valley. Cool. Yeah, so we, we met. Like so you went to Fort Valley? Went to Fort Valley. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got to speak there next month, man. Looking forward oh, to right. it. All right. Cool. Fort Valley. Now, he won't tell you that he really wouldn't talk to me in high school. I don't know what's wrong with him. Really? I would just speak and say, hey, and he's just like, Man, so you was a freshman and you got you a senior in high school. Right, exactly. You probably took it to the prom, didn't you? I, I did. I, you I, the guy we were I laughing did. at. I'll never forget. We were them high school dudes and the high school girls yeah, would get yeah, a little college dude yeah, yeah, and we'd be yeah. at the prom mad. Yeah, like, funny. I can't believe you taking a little high school. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing the exact same thing my 11th and 12th grade year. Like, man, why she going to get a college dude and bring him back to prom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. College, yeah, yeah. yeah. My high school sweetheart. I dated my high school sweetheart. She was a sophomore, I was a senior. And I went to college the next year and we broke up because I was not going to the prom. So you held on. Oh, I held on. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna be that dude. Listen, I'm talking about we was in the prom hating. These dudes with the cars, they coming back. Girls didn't want to go with us because they had these older cars. No, bust that. So, I ain't going to front. When I went to college and my high school sweater, I was like, hey, I want you to take me to the prom. Nope, we'll not do it. They, and we broke up over that. Like, we broke up over that. Like, it was a big deal. I am staying in my, I stood my ground. No, I be is not. You is not. No, no, I'll never forget that. No, not doing it. No, no, no. We broke up over that. Seriously. I apologize, Yana. I apologize, Yana. <laughs> Hope you forgive me. I was, no, I was not going to do it. I was not going to do it. I was not going to do it. We laughed at these dudes. So you was that guy. I was that guy. And, I love and like, it's funny you bring that up because, like I said, I remember junior and senior prom mm-hmm. looking at the dude from college like, well, I can't believe you came back mm-hmm. to a high school prom. Yeah. Oh, you got other things to do in college. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. I had no name. You was that dude. I probably should have said <laughs> But then again, we probably won't be here today. We'll be here today, so yeah, it all worked out. Not as cool, man. Because you know what's interesting that y'all lasted, though? Because, I mean, everyone had somebody going to college. Everybody had the the boo back home. And as soon as you got on that college campus. But it's crazy. Our students always ask us about it. We tell them the first thing we say. Thank God we went to separate campus. Really? Best thing ever. Really? Because you had to grow and be yourself. I get that. And we I understood. We really taught each other understood. It could end up that we don't stay together. Right. But if I follow you, oh, let me go to Fort Valley. He's going to Fort Valley. I can't grow and be myself. No, that was cool. So, yeah. We I can see that. Yeah, we had to separate. How often did y'all see each other? So, you would travel back in Fort Valley? Yeah. Um, I was probably home 
mm-hmm. for every other weekend. Okay. My mom got tired of it. I she bet. She said, keep your butt at school. Yeah. She shut that down. Like, hey, you keep yeah. running up. <laughs> That's what she said to A lot, mama, mama. I like her a lot. I knew not to say love like that was cold every time. But no, it it all worked out. And like I said, we have these conversations all the time with our former students because they want to know too. How y'all laugh? That's cool though, man. That's good. And y'all, y'all a great model, man. Y'all really see. Y'all really have a great kind of relationship, which I think is cool. I do think y'all epitomize being friends. Because friendship is important to be lovers. Like, you got to really enjoy one another, which is interesting. That's what the kind of EXO conference was kind of today. And kind of, I'm hearing a lot of, especially with these young couples, man, like, you know, just figuring out, hey, man, we got to figure out how to make this work how we work. Right. Not necessarily how everyone else works, but yes. we got to, you know, yeah, yeah. People are trying to imitate what they see. And it's, and it's definitely harder for younger couples Absolutely. who follow social media. Yeah. So if they saw Valentine's it's was rose petals yeah. on the floor, Bum Valentine's, Christmas with these doggone yeah. pajamas and yeah. matching pajamas. I'm like, man, y'all, that's horrible. I got pajamas on. I said, man, yeah, get a man. life. Right. <laughs> and then, you know what's funny? I told him, I was like, we're going to get some pajamas. And I was like, no, we're not. Mm, that ain't need us. That, that ain't need y'all. We don't need putting on social media. Mm-hmm. We even Valentine, we don't buy gifts or nothing. Well, you know my father. Mm-hmm. And he thought, you know, back in the day that he was going to buy me a bear. And he bought me a bear. But unfortunately, the bear said love. And my daddy said, ho, ho, ho. I'm the only really? man that buys us something that say love. <laughs> I can see Coach saying that, too. Oh, yeah. Daddy looked like, oh. Renee in my house. I was like, ooh, okay. Uh. Really? I didn't think he was going to date me. I, 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 I thought I was going to be Big boy thing. And he and wow, did it went off on him the very first time. Did he? Ask me why. Why? Because my shoes were untied. I can see that he's a basketball coach. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, Uniform is important. Yeah. Oh. Sock tuck. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. I can see that. All right, well, we appreciate you. No, like, thank you Seriously, we seriously appreciate you. We thank you for everything you are doing in Augusta, mm-hmm. abroad, here, um, even coming to the school when we were working in the school yeah. system that you came out there with our students because we know your schedule is hectic. Mm-hmm. But I want to, honestly, that's how I made it is people invested in me mm-hmm. and coming to the school. And I can see Coach Lamb, who is my guidance counselor. I can see um, Maceo rock is this reason I became a Q because right. these were the coaches that I had in high school or I had black teachers and I know how important that impact is so I never want to be too busy I tell all of our teachers and things let me be in the schools I need them to see positive people yeah, that you right. can be right. prosperous and positive you ain't got to drug, sell drugs to make money right. you can go to right. school you know <clears throat> and went um, to an elementary school to read one time and um, our basketball mm-hmm. team was there mm-hmm. so I didn't know you were going to be there so I just dropped them off mm-hmm. went on ahead so when I go back to pick them up, the boys be in the car. They was like, um, that man you always watching on YouTube. <laughs> so I was like, what man? And so the other one was like, that's a pastor. She go to that church. Mm-hmm. And so the boys said, yeah, I knew his voice because, hey, my students knew. If it was a bad day, either you or Reverend Wesley's. I got you. <laughs> they hear that sermon. Wow. And like, oh, don't, don't mess with her today. That's she my dude. It. So they, yeah, they, they heard your voice and they knew like, oh, wow. that's him. So that is, it's crazy that you sometimes you're doing things and you don't even – know the impact mm-hmm. it's having. Yeah. Trust, yeah. trust oh, me, you are making a, a huge impact. Man, it's great, man. This podcast is incredible. So y'all got to do me a thing. When I come on with mine, y'all got to be guests for me. So, oh, yeah. so let's make that happen. Just want to ask any difficult church questions. We don't know the Bible. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Yeah, no, man. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I want to kind of, that's why I'm, 
thank y'all for letting me come on. This is very, this is really insightful and great. Now, I just want to just have a conversation with people in different genres because I think we can learn from different spheres right. oh, yeah. and different right. worlds, right. different experiences. I'm just a lover of knowledge and lover of people. So that's really cool. So All right. well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Right. Check hey. with us after school talk, baby. Oh, yeah, subscribe, subscribe, give us stars, good stuff, all good stuff. Yeah. You know. Leave the comments. <laughs> <laughs>